The Lord be with you. Good morning and welcome to IPC Zurich. We've gathered here today both in our diversity and in our unity to worship Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you're visiting with us this morning, a special word of welcome to you. We're glad you've come here this morning and we thank God for leading you here today. Please join me now in prayer as we prepare our hearts for worship. Let's pray. Fill our worship with your grace and truth, Lord Jesus Christ, that every thought, word, and deed may be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from Psalm 46 and can be found on pages 570 and 571 of the Church Bibles. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we do not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are an uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of the Lord. In today's New Testament reading comes from John chapter 14 verses 25 to 27, and can be found on page 1083 of the Church Bibles. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in prayer as we prepare for the preaching of God's word. Let's pray. Lord God, this morning we wish to see Jesus. By your spirit's power, give us eyes to see him and his glory. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. So I wonder how many of you here this morning have ever experienced firsthand an earthquake? Anyone? Anyone not? Well, in my life, I experienced just one. And oddly enough, it wasn't in San Francisco. 
I say oddly enough because working for a San Francisco-based company for roughly 10 years, I used to travel there quite often, stay there quite often, and all the days and nights I spent there, I felt nary a tremor or a tremble. Funny enough, it was actually in the northwest of Germany uh, where I experienced an earthquake, not San Francisco. And it was in many ways a singular experience for me. The shaking started in the middle of the night, and of course, when I woke, my first thought was, what is happening? What's going on here? Buildings aren't supposed to shake in the middle of the night. Furniture is not supposed to shake in the middle of the night. Dishes are not supposed to shake in the middle of the night. What's going on? Well, surprisingly, I figured out pretty quickly what it was, and it turned about to be something I'll never forget. The earth shaking under you is something, after all, not easily forgotten. Now, I just said I've only experienced one earthquake in my life, and literally speaking, that's true, but figuratively speaking, I feel I have experienced many more, as I suspect you have too. There have been very personal earthquakes in my life, troubles and tragedies that I experienced, or troubles and tragedies that uh, people I knew experienced. These fell at the time like earthquakes too. And then, of course, there were these national and international events that can feel a little bit like an earthquake too. I grew up in the United States, and uh, I guess maybe the first earthquake that I experienced, uh, say, on the national scale was uh, President Ronald Reagan getting shot in 1981. Some of you might remember that. That was quite an earthquake in American society, and quite an earthquake for someone, uh, I was a child at that time, to see your president get shot on national TV. Uh, and then, of course, there was the explosion of the, the space shuttle Challenger, again, on national TV. Another tragedy that was witnessed by so many people, and it felt to me a bit like an earthquake as well. And then there was 9-11. Needless to say, that felt like an earthquake too. So unexpected, so awful. And then, of course, for all of us, COVID, right? For people around the world, this pandemic was very much like an earthquake, as in the middle of the night in Germany, when I experienced that literal earthquake, so many people during COVID were thinking to themselves, what's happening? What's going on? How can this be? All of a sudden, so much suffering. All of a sudden, so much death. Who imagined after all that we would see lockdowns in countries all across Europe and the world? Who thought we'd see long lines and empty shelves and in grocery stores, at least like we saw in America? Who expected we'd see businesses and schools and churches and museums and government offices and sports venues all closed for weeks, months, sometimes even longer? And who dreamed people would fight over toilet paper in the grocery stores? That's probably just a very American thing, I'm guessing, but <laughs> did people fight here over toilet paper? Okay, good to know, or bad to know. I'm not sure which, but anyway. So fear gripped the world, didn't it? In a way, this was all very new. But in a way, not so new at all. This because, let's face it, to be human is to live with fear. It's to live with the fear that in an instant, in an instant, your life could drop into the bay, fall off the cliff, explode, implode, take a turn for the worse, head downhill, uh, go pear-shaped, go south, whatever you want to 
call it. To be human is at some level, either conscious or unconscious, to know and to fear that your existence on planet Earth is precarious and that your life could, in an instant, change for the worse. Many of us, I think, realize that it takes only one scan, CT scan, one x-ray, one ultrasound, one mammogram, one blood test, one biopsy, one diagnosis, one medical crisis to change life as we know it. It takes only one phone call, one letter, one email, one text message, one tweet, one post, one FaceTime conversation, one legal filing, one financial action to put your life into a tailspin. It takes only one wrong turn, one moment's inattention, one ill-advised step, one trip, one fall, one impulsive act by you or by someone else to alter your present reality, to alter your future reality. It doesn't take much. It takes only one earthquake, one event, to change the old normal into the new normal. In some, it doesn't take much for our worlds to be rocked, our lives to be shaken. Which makes the words of, Psalm, of the psalmist in Psalm 46 that much more important, that much more meaningful, that much more relevant for us this morning. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Psalmist starts out Psalm 46 with an acknowledgement. It's an acknowledgement here of who God is and what life on planet Earth is like. God, he proclaims, is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help. And life on planet Earth, well, that's full of trouble. Which leads us almost poetically to conclude this. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. It's almost as if the psalm writer knows what life is like in our world today. Well, not almost, actually for sure he knows because with respect to the fragility of human life, things have not changed that much from when the psalmist wrote this psalm to when we hear it now. This world has always been a place in which human existence is lived on the edge. Where literally or figuratively, the earth can give away under you and the mountains can fall into the sea. A place where we humans are in a position of vulnerability and weakness. A place where we face lethal threats and mortal dangers. A place where we fear for our lives. To be sure, it's also a place of God's ever-present care. But on the whole and in the main, this is a place we, this place we now inhabit. It's a difficult place and for all of us someday, it will be actually a deadly place. This is the world we inhabit as we inhabit this earth. But the psalmist goes on now to describe something else. He describes another place we inhabit and can inhabit. And what follows next in Psalm 46, the psalmist goes on very poetic terms again 
to describe this other place. And this is a place where, where God is manifestly present. A place where God, who is his refuge and strength, is, is visibly near. A place where his God is clearly on hand and in control. A place where his God is indisputably king. And this is what he says. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Well, that's a different kind of place from the place I described earlier. Here, instead of danger, there's safety. Here, instead of fear, there's confidence. Here, instead of despair, there's hope. And here, instead of chaos, there's order. It's a very, very different place from that earthquake-ridden place we just read about where waters roar and foam, the earth gives way, and mountains fall into the sea. No, here we read the rivers replenish. And the cities, they stand firm. God's voice is heard and his, and his will is done in this place. This is a very different place indeed. It's a good place. It's a safe place. It's a place again where the, the psalmist God is, is present and near and in control and on hand and indisputably king. It's a place where everything is as it should be. So two places now very poetically described in this psalm. So let me ask you this now. Which place do you feel you inhabit right now? Which place do you feel you inhabit? This place of danger or this place of safety? This place of chaos or this place of order? This place of despair or this place of hope? This place of, of fear of calamity or trust in God? Well, if you're like me, you probably feel like you're living a little bit in between these two places on a daily basis. On the one hand, you feel threatened by what is and what might be. Understandably so. And on the other hand, though, you're trusting in the one who is and will always be. You're living between these two places. And it's not easy. So let's see how the psalmist handles living in between these two places. Let's see what he says next. It's an invitation, really. He says this, come and see the works of the Lord, he says. The dissolutions he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and he shatters the spear. He burns field, the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So in these verses, what the psalmist in effect is saying is that you know these two places we find ourselves living between right now? Well, actually, only one, only one is going to last. Only one is going to be around forever. Only one is going to be an eternal reality for us as God's people. And this place 
This place is the place where the weapons are destroyed and the war cease. It's the place where God's rule is acknowledged and his glory is celebrated. It's the place where evil's conquered and, and, and goodness flourishes. Psalmist is, is saying here that the only place that ultimately is going to be around for God's people is God's kingdom. His kingdom of love and joy. His kingdom of peace and justice. His, his kingdom of health and wholeness. His kingdom of safety and security. This place where God's present, near, on hand, in control, and indisputably undeniably king. And of course, Psalms is absolutely right. For God's people, this is indeed the only one of those two places that's going to be part of their future reality. And that's because when Christ comes again, he's going to make this world once and for all the kind of place it was created to be. When Christ comes again, when he comes as king, he will fully and completely establish his kingdom. His kingdom where only good exists and no evil. His kingdom where only wholeness and health are present and not sickness and death. And with this reality then, this reality of this king and his kingdom, the psalmist exhorts his readers with these familiar words. Words that I think we've all heard and probably said. They're the words, by the way, printed on the cover of your bulletins. Be still and know that I am God. In case you're wondering, the first line is be still. The second line is know and know. And the third line is that I am. And the fourth line there is God. Be still and know that I am God. I wonder if any of us have ever heard the literal meaning of the Hebrew word rafa, which is translated into English as, as be still. Anyone done a word study on that ever? Yep. Rafa literally means to be weak, to go limp, to release, to let go. Believe it or not, there's a quality of surrender in that word Rafa. But let's be clear here. Let's be clear what that surrender is all about. As it is used here in Psalm 46, Rafa is not about surrender to life's difficult circumstances. No, surrender, Rafa is about surrender to God's sovereign power. It's not surrender to life's difficult circumstances. It's surrender to God's sovereign power. Be still and know that I am God. It's about letting go of the illusion that we are God and that we can control every outcome in our lives. And instead, embracing the reality that only God is God, actually. And that ultimately, eternally, he will do right by us. Be still and know that I am God. It's about letting go of all the, that frantic and feverish striving and straining we do in our lives. And instead, embracing God's eternal love and his everlasting care. Be 
still and know that I am God. It's about letting go of the panic. And instead, embracing the peace. The peace of God in Jesus Christ. As Jesus is preparing his disciples for his death, he tells them about this peace. Peter read it earlier from John chapter 14, verse 27. I'll read it again. Jesus says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. This peace that, that Jesus leaves his disciples with. This is not a peace that, that comes from knowing that your life's soon going to get easier or that your troubles are soon going to disappear. This is not a peace that comes, that comes from knowing your, your situation will soon get better or that your circumstances are sure to improve. Indeed, from what we can tell, many of the disciples did not, in fact, have an easy time of it after Jesus ascended into heaven, right? In fact, it seems many were subjected to all sorts of insult and injury after his ascension. No, this peace that Jesus gives is a peace that simply comes from knowing that despite the suffering we face and the pain we endure, knowing that despite the troubles we experience and the tragedies we endure, that these things, the suffering, the pain, the troubles, the tragedies, they are not God. They will not rule. They ultimately will not call the shots. They're not God. Only God is God. And he alone ultimately calls the shots. He alone ultimately determines destinies. He alone ultimately controls outcomes. Not any of that other stuff. Because he alone is God. So to finish, let me just say this. I don't know when the next earthquake is going to strike in your life or in my strike or in my life or in our communal life. I don't know when it's going to come. I do know it's probably going to come. Either Probably not literally, but certainly figuratively. And so my prayer for all of us is that when it does come, when the earthquake inevitably does come, when it shakes the ground under our feet, when it rocks the foundation of our worlds, when it tears the fabric of our lives, my prayer is that we remember what else? To be still, to let go, and know that God is God. Know that no one else is God, no thing else is God. Know that only God is God. Only God is God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. God, you are God alone. And so we commit to you this morning our trust. Our trust that you'll do right by us ultimately. That no matter what we face now, someday, somehow, in this life or the next, you'll make it good. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. God sends us this week into our earthquake-prone world with these eight words. And you already know what they are. 
Be still and know that I am God. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit go with you and remain with you always. Amen.